0: Are you looking for high-performance data storage that's easy to use yet secure enough for the Department of Defense? Look no further. Racktop Systems gives business software-defined data storage complete with embedded compliance, security, and data encryption. Don't let cyber threats, regulatory demands, or the complexity and growth of your data overwhelm your business. Racktop's high-performance data management platform gives you the tools you need to address the most demanding data challenges. Think beyond storage. To learn more, visit RacktopSystems.com. Today's determined attackers easily bypass even the most advanced network defenses. Trying to ramp up staff to detect their backdoors can cost thousands of dollars and take months, even years. With Active Countermeasures AI Hunter, we enable junior analysts to detect even the most advanced backdoors in a matter of hours. Sign up for a demo and purchase our product today by visiting ActiveCountermeasures.com forward slash ESW. Active Countermeasures, make every analyst a hunter. The greatest threat to businesses today isn't the outsider trying to get in. It's the people you trust, the ones who already have the keys, your employees, your contractors, and privileged users. 60% of online attacks are carried out by insiders. To stop these insider threats, you need to see what users are doing before an incident occurs. Observe It combats insider threats by detecting risk activity, investigating in minutes, effectively responding, and stopping data lost. Give it a test drive at observeit.com forward slash securityweekly. Skeleton Keys Golden Tickets Forged Packs DC Sync DC Shadow The Active Directory attack surface is expanding faster than admins can keep up with. Securing your environment begins with implementing least-privileged administrative models, but does not end there. Many organizations send Active Directory syslog events to a sim platform. However, logs are noisy, of limited scope, and are time-consuming to review and act upon. Active Directory is secure when it's clean, understood, configured properly, monitored closely, and controlled tightly. StealthBits technology Technologies provide solutions that monitor, secure, and detect the latest threats against Active Directory. Visit them today at stealthbits.com to learn more. IT Pro TV, binge worthy learning for IT teams. Why is it binge worthy? It's learning presented in an engaging and entertaining talk show format that beats voiceover PowerPoint snooze fests. Watch over 3,300 hours of content in their on demand library on your desktop, on the go, or in the comfort of your own living room. IT Pro TV is IT training you and your team actually want to watch, which means a better return on your learning investment. Get started with IT Pro TV for teams by visiting itpro.tv forward slash and start a seven day free trial and get 30% off standard or premium IT Pro TV memberships using the code SECWeekly30. Welcome back, everyone, to Enterprise Security Weekly. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Make sure you check out our on demand material, securityweekly.com forward slash on demand. The latest one in the on demand archive is on endpoint security, the state of endpoint security. So make sure you check that out. We mentioned it briefly in our previous segment. So uh, a whole lot more on endpoint security on the on-demand programming. Uh, also on June 14th from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, is a webcast with logarithm. This is accompanying the uh, recent survey we did. And basically, we'll answer some of the questions about how do you feel about user and entity behavior analytics? What about your SIM? To learn about the answers to those questions and what our poll results were and some analytics into them, Tune in on June 14th. It's sure to be a fun time. All righty. So we're going to dig into the enterprise security news. Um, John and Eric are here with me in studio from Racktop Systems. John Strand is still on the lines via Skype. We're going to talk about Malwarebytes has completed a deal to acquire Binasoft. Who, from what I gather, allows you to manage the Windows firewall, which is something that I thought Microsoft probably should have what?
1: Huh, provided. Yeah, should have. I mean... I'm kind of confused. Possibly, Paul, who would have possibly thought that running NetSH ADV firewall set all profile state on was too hard? Right? To do you need a... Vent-
0: isn't that just... Is it just me, John? I don't understand what Binisoft's value was to this to this problem. Like, in the problem being, like, uh, I, I can't effectively manage my Windows firewalls? I don't...
1: Well, I, I will say, that, you know, all joking aside, the Windows Firewall is a train wreck. Okay. Um, it, it's horrible, but you should turn it on anyway. Um, and any AV vendor out there worth their salt, from McAfee to Symantec to the Sophos, they all have the ability to enable a firewall with that product. So I honestly look at this as Malwarebytes needed to have that capability for firewall management. They didn't have it. Their competitors had it. Binsoft gives Binisoft gives them that capability yeah. in their product, and that's the move.
0: I think that's some great analysis. Um and, and there are and recently I was learning about uh Edgewise. It, this story kinda of reminded me of Edgewise. Have you heard of Edgewise before? It, it's kind of sort of like that firewall management on endpoints, but it takes it to the application and port layer, right? Have you heard yep. with Edgewise, John? Yeah. So I kinda of thought of that like if this is a problem and you're looking into it, you should probably consider edgewise and, and look into that as it hits it more in the application. More comprehensive. Layer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For well sure. and it just for the people that want to do it on the cheap, you can actually do it with NetSh ADB firewall where you can actually restrict it down to applications, not just ports as well. I wonder how many of these products are just really wrappers for things that are really hard to do with Microsoft under the hood.
0: You know, I, I think there's a whole subset of the industry and in security, John, that is exactly what you just described, right? Like Microsoft doesn't make it easy enough, so there are vendors that that can help you with that. So, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, last line. I've, you got, Anyone heard of Last Line before? No. I've, I've heard of the name. Anyone? So I, I'm not really sure what they do or what makes them different. And I had to really dig. The press release didn't give me enough information. I did some digging on their website. They basically say they automatically collect and analyze isolated events from the perimeter network and endpoint tools to deliver high-fidelity alerts, categorize and consolidate active, uh, actively to link malicious behavior to define the scope of the attack in a unified view, which is a very general statement, uh, triages threat activity from across the network to identify high-risk incidents. I so feel like there's like words. a few hundred vendors that pretty much that description could fit. And what I struggle with is I want to know what, what makes Last Line better. And and that's kind of my, my call to usually some random vendor no, no, <laughs> no, than every got, single show. Like, right. I, You could have the best solution on the planet I didn't get that from reading the press release or your website so please let let us know I want to know what your differentiators cuz they could do something really awesome I just that to that description is very generic as you well know John right
1: so I got a question for you on this, Paul. There was a paragraph that was interesting to me. It said he pointed out last line continues to experience very high growth, increasing revenue by approximately eighty percent in 2017 over 2016. This was achieved in part by our successful Series C round of funding, which raised two, uh, $28.5 dollars. Now, wow. are they using their funding as revenue?
0: <laughs> no, like, probably. Uh, I don't think I, if they took a series, if they took a series C, likely they have customers. I, I, I don't think you get to series C in twenty-eight million without having paying customers. But
1: which goes back to my original point. Why they're series C funding? It's like
0: what? If they have customers, someone's using them and liking them, and I want to know why. Why <laughs> right. you like them, right? Because uh, it hasn't come across our, you know, our radar yet. I haven't done a briefing with them, so um, I, I thought it was interesting. They came up with a feed. and uh, there's a lot of security companies out there, and like I said, they it, it could be awesome customers obviously they have them uh i i'd love to know what they do differently especially differentiating yourself in this space is really is really hard right i mean because i mean john you and i do active countermeasures some of what we do uh-huh. is it could be covered by that messaging right i want to see the differentiated messaging so um i had an article in here about duo uh security and i thought they made some interesting moves lately it kind of and i don't want to start rumors right but it, I was just amazed first how successful Duo uh, has been in the market. And I likely think their exit could be the next step as preparing for IPO. And the reasons that I'm theorizing, and I, I don't have any insider information, I'm not giving stock tips, I'm, not, I'm just basically yeah, celebrating the success of Duo because it's a very successful company. And so they raised $70 million in Series D. Uh, they're over a billion-dollar valuation, uh surpassed 100 million in annual recurring revenue like congratulations that's that's phenomenal um they appointed a chief financial officer uh, and recently just appointed uh, their first uh, CMO um, Neville Letzerich, um, who has a, a background uh, basically websense in uh and such so serious background yeah some some experienced people holding c level <sighs> positions now could also mean that I mean their likely next uh, uh, exit or their likely exit is could be IPO. I think they're going to probably be the next comp- company IPO in our space or one of the
2: next. Yeah, we use Duo. Oh. It's, it's pretty easy. It's been a you know it's a small kind of per user uh, two factor multi factor authentication solution. So it's interesting. What I think is also interesting though is how you keep how you stay in the mix because in the end any sort of MFA should be kind of just a transparent right seamless thing. So how do you stay sticky? Yeah.
0: And to speak of the marketing of Duo, and and I've seen various marketing efforts, branding efforts from Duo, and they do a great job. The one that resonated me the most was there was a a case study about a university that had a big breach and rolled out Duo and kind of chronicled how they did it. I worked in uh, education space before. Mm -hmm. I know the unique challenges that that environment can provide. And it was just a great story. And I was like, wow, that's like the best piece of marketing that I've seen in a really long time. Because yeah. now I'm like, yeah, I I could recommend that to people yep. because that article showed someone with a problem solving that problem. And and to speak to your point, John, and your messaging as well, like made it easy to implement, deploy uh, that solution.
1: Well, and sometimes that's all it takes. Right. Mm. Like, you know, if a product doesn't work in this space, I hear people scream about it. Uh, they say that product was gangly. It was horrible. It was a nightmare to implement. But whenever something works, people just get kind of quiet. And you ask them, like I ask a lot of our customers use Duo. This is one of those vendors that we see consistently in our penetration tests. And it's amazing whenever I talk to the customers I'm like, hey, what do you think of Duo? They pretty much say it, it works. Right and that's about as much praise as you get out of a lot of our customers when they're talking about security products, but this is one that we continue to see they continue to be implementing um, implementing it all over the place. and I think it's just because it flat out works. That's all it really needs to do at the end of the day.
0: <clears throat> uh, Firemon is set to acquire Lumeta. Uh, <clears throat> Lumeta is a New Jersey- based provider of cyber situational awareness solutions and they deliver a complete real-time visibility, into the extended network, and across all connected endpoints. Not quite sure how they do that. I don't know if anyone here has heard of Flumetta before.
1: Their website website scares the hell out of me. It's got a very, very creepy dude. (laughs) He's got yellow eyes. He looks like a evil villain.
0: There is, yeah. Uh, It's not not healthy. They use the word real-time a lot, which it's in their title, it's in their description, it was in their press release. I always think back to this uh, moment in, in my life when I was sitting in a classroom and Stephen Northcote was the professor, the teacher, and we were talking about intrusion detection systems. And he's like, a lot of people are saying they do it real time. And he like drew a graph of like time, and he's like, here's real time. <laughs> here's the closest you can get to real time <laughs> in your alerts. It's not the same thing as real time. I don't know. That just stuck with me. And every... Uh, marketing department I've ever worked with whenever they bring up real time I'm like "Mm." maybe near real time is the closest like I'll I'll get to blessing so some advice when you do your marketing right real time is not looked upon favorably by the security community and they use that a lot and I mean they're trying to
1: eliminate 100% of your blind spots and that's
0: yeah, a hundred percent, and real time in in your marketing is uh, is interesting. And I'm not sure the the details of the acquisition were were undisclosed. And as we know, and we talk about on Business Security Weekly, you know, those there can be a lot of speculation about what was the reason for that uh, exit via acquisition. Sometimes it's a great thing. And I talk to even friends of mine that have, companies have been acquired, and they're like, "It's awesome, dude!" And, and I know they're not just like telling me that. They're like, "No, it's a great situation." And then. You look at other ones and you're like, oh, that was an a- aqua hire, as right. we call it, yeah. right? Or we're just buying for the technology. We've seen acquisitions where, like, basically the entire team is wiped out except for a few of the researchers. So, um, hopefully, this is a positive uh, acquisition. And, and Fireman's a, a much bigger player uh, in yeah. the space, and I think one of those players that's really trying to diversify. Because I really think that the crux of the issue is that firewall policy management is kind of boring now. (laughs) And so people want something else, right? Uh, John, have you heard of Veronis
1: before? Yes, I've actually seen Veronis in a couple of engagements. It's not actually completely instrumented, but it was on. So what do do they do? Uh, They do a lot of that data loss prevention and also um, kind of tracking where data is, especially in the cloud. Mm. Um, That's what we've seen it. But like I said, as far as... Um, as far as it actually being turned on and stopping anything, not not yet. Gotcha. But that's not to say it's bad or good. It's just people are standing it up and basically trying to get it running.
0: Yeah, they were uh, presenting an InfoSec Europe, uh, which I believe is happening this week. Is it this week? I think it's this week. Um, it's another
1: security con, because we need more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like the RSA of Europe, right? And then there's besides London, which happens around the same time or immediately following or, or in front of that... Um, So Verona says that they can analyze uh, security from the perimeter by analyzing devices such as DNS, VPN, and web proxies to detect security events. What I like is they gave examples. Usually when we read some of the stuff, like they just stop there. (laughs) Yeah, but they say uh, brute force attacks, DNS tunneling, and credential stuffing, which are all techniques that you use in your pen test, John. So I thought that was interesting, and you said you saw them on a pen test, so...
1: They were actually, I think one of our customers. uh, The reason why they went with Veronis, so one of the reasons why, is one of the salespeople at Veronis actually mapped what Veronis does. And they mapped it against the MITRE ATT&CK framework. And they said, these are all the different components that we work in. And, you know, that, as somebody that's in the security vendor space as well, that's actually a pretty good marketing technique. Um, So it was kind of a neat approach.
0: Awesome. Um, th- this next company called InAuth looks like a competitor to Duo, uh, which I'm not necessarily sure I'd want to be weird, a competitor <laughs> to Duo. Uh, ah. Although everyone finds their niche in the space, certainly. Um, and they have enhanced their two-factor authentication. Uh, they say you know, email and SMS is insecure, and they're able to add a mobile app. And strong customer authentication for payment authorizations, logging into accounts, bank transfers, account changes. It sounds like you're more on the provider side rather than the end user side uh, with InAuth, which is probably how they're differentiating.
1: But, you know, it's kind of weird. They say that they don't really like to do the, uh, uh, the SMS or the other application one, but they do have something you know. Okay, great, PIN. And then ownership. So you have to have a specific mobile phone. And then something you have with the biometric. So I'm wondering if they actually integrate with like the fingerprint scanner, on, uh, mm-hmm. on like your Android device or on your iPhone as well, which is kind of neat. Um, I, it I is. Guess, you know? I know
0: LastPass but, does that. LastPass will yep, just go right LastPass off your that your fingerprint. What I find more interesting in the authentication space is, and we did an interview with one of the founders. Of, and I think there's a maybe two or three companies in the space that I know of, and probably more. Um, but his technology could look at how you hold your phone. Um, it looked at maybe the applications you're running on your phone. It looked at what Bluetooth devices you're connected to, what Wi Fi networks are in range, mm-hmm. and basically said, Yeah, I like you're cool to authenticate, right? So the user doesn't have to remember passwords and PIN codes and two factor authentication. It was sheerly. Um, like machine learning and, and uh, uh, to a certain extent artificial intelligence that was figuring out that this user is who they claim to be which is what you're doing in the authentication process based on all those environmental factors on your phone I thought I think that is the future I think that's where we need to be with authentication and when I see messaging that as John was reading uh, from this company talks about basically the
2: traditional methods I'm like
0: uh, that's kind of not where it's at right right
2: it's that seamless, mm-hmm. the user doesn't have to be bothered, right? It's just like Duo. They don't want it. It works. They don't think about it unless there's a problem. Right. And so you just want to have it. Yeah, I saw one similar to that with ambient sound. It would just turn your phone on to see if it matched and it looked like you were with your phone.
1: And yes. All that kind of sound.
0: that yeah. is another <laughs>
1: another factor that's as well. Not, that's not creepy at all.
2: <laughs> there have been some creepy stories around uh, listening. I have with gone through my Alexa and- history. Just it, recently just to see what was happening
0: i did i, I made a, a facebook post about my shopping list and <laughs> because we have one of my devices here in the studio so when my friends visit i had some very interesting things on my shopping list yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um including daughter like I, I don't know if my wife was trying to order a daughter <laughs> I, we have three boys i get it we both want a girl and all but uh, i don't know if she was trying to order that on amazon <laughs> Um, so, this uh, final article that I had here uh, wasn't related to a vendor, but I talked about six ways third parties can trip up uh, your uh, ser- security, and in the survey with the Ponemon Institute, which you all know how Jack Daniel feels about that, whatever, but uh, one big issue of the survey respondents identify is the lack of visibility into the security status of third-party networks and systems. And uh, third parties have access to increasing amount of enterprise data. More than half of the respondents in the survey have no inventory of all the external people accessing their networks and data. Well, how nicely does that tie into into your wow, your I messaging? Could, <laughs> I can help them with that. Yes. <laughs> so this may be one you want I to agree. check out. They did the survey, yeah. and and typically these surveys are sponsored. We do a we did a sponsored survey for logarithm certainly. Um and it's all about how you ask the questions right in the survey and i feel like sometimes they ask questions that are self-serving to whoever's uh sponsoring it but that aside this is a problem and we didn't talk about it in the the context of your data security as it relates to a third party like we talked about a user who's purposely sharing out
2: some data but what if a third party needs direct access to your data yeah, you have to come up with a way to limit their exposure, right? You don't want them throughout your network. You only want to expose exactly what you want to expose. And you want to be able to control and audit that. You know, I, I've always used the analogy of your home alarm in a safe, right? You're going to have a home alarm that's going to prevent intruders, but you're going to let people that you don't trust as much in your home. Um, and so they're going to be walking through your house, whether it's, you know, a handyman or babysitter or whatever. So you're going to keep your, you know, valuables maybe in a safe and, we're kind of that safe for your data. So you want to protect that. It's actually a great analogy. I'm usually not a
0: fan of the home security analogy, but in that case, I, I thought that's perfect analogy for what we're talking about <laughs> here. Yes. <laughs> so I, I have this like talk that I'm like working on in the back of my head that's like the best ways to use analogies, like the right and wrong ways to use analogies in security because we've all seen the, the analogies and like sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, right. sometimes it's somewhere in between, right? So... John, anything else to add?
1: Nope, I'm good.
0: And you're you're around for the entire summer.
1: Yes, I'm around right up until Sands Fire, and then um, uh, right up until Sands and then I go from Sansfire Fire to Black Hat to CON, and it gets kind of crazy again.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Eric and John, uh, the John here in studio, uh, thank you for appearing on this episode of Enterprise Security Weekly. John Strand, thank you as always. Thank you, everyone. For listening and watching to this edition of Enterprise Security Weekly, we'll see you next time.